Welcome to the Wonder by the Word podcast, where we walk through the Bible chronologically in a year. I'm your host, Brittany Rust, and on this podcast, I break down our daily readings from the Wonder by the Word reading plan and community so that we can all have better theology and grow in our faith. In case you're just now finding us, the Wonder by the Word plan can be found on version or on my website. Wonder by the Word is sponsored by Truth and Grace Ministries. Learn more at BrittanyRust.com. Hello and welcome to day 57 of the Wondered by the Word podcast and reading plan. And I just want to say, if you're still working through this reading plan with us, I just want to say thank you so much for being here. I know that it's a huge commitment. For some, this is the first time that they're reading the Bible every single day. And it's a shift, but it's a necessary shift. It's a necessary way of living. I we need the word of God in our lives daily. And so I I want you to know I'm praying for you that Wonder by the Word is probably to me the most important ministry that I do outside of the home. I feel so called to this. I feel so passionate about this. And the people who are, are part of this community, even if I don't know you personally, I just want you to know I'm praying for you. And I am sincerely excited for you as you work through the Bible in a year. And so we are working our way through numbers at the moment. And today we're taking a look at chapter seven through 10. Now we had a break yesterday. We finished another week. And when we ended, we were looking at the Nazarite vow and the priestly blessing in number six. Now we're shifting to numbers chapter seven. And one thing you may have noticed as we've been reading is a switch around right? To things that have already been addressed. Sometimes we go back to those moments and we're going to see that here in chapter seven. Think of it this way. The books of Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers are more thematic at times rather than chronological. For example, where we are at now in number seven, what have happened after the finishing of the tabernacle in Exodus 40 and during the priest ordination in Leviticus chapters eight through nine? And what we see here in the text is an offering by the tribe leaders of Israel after the consecration of the tabernacle. They were carts and oxen that were brought by the tribes, and these were of great value to the people. And then what was brought was then redistributed to the Levites for the work of the tabernacle. The tribes also brought silver platters and a silver bowl, each holding a grain offering and a gold pan holding incense along with animal offerings. Again, a dedication to the tabernacle. And after all had been gathered from the leaders over the course of the 12 days, Moses went into the tent meeting and heard the Lord speak. Now we don't know what was said, but we do know that it was audible. And I submit to you that You know, we might ask, well, what's the significance of this verse? What does it mean? We don't know what's being said, but I think I would submit to you it's an uh, it's an indication to the people of Israel, a reminder of who their leader is and who their leader is taking orders from, right? That all of this is coming from God, and we're going to continue to see that everywhere, not just in these chapters, but in the Bible. Everything that we read about is, is is secondary to the main character, and that's God. The Bible is about God. All these stories are about God. Everything else is like a like a side character, you might say. Now, in chapter eight, they're get, the text pivots to the cleansing of the Levites. Now, remember, not all Levites were priests, and we've already looked at the cleansing of the priest. That's been done here. 
God gives instruction for the cleansing of the Levites. One commentator put it this way, the Levites are helpers to the priest, and the language describing their consecration is somewhat distinct from that of the priest. The priests are made holy, the Levites clean. The priests were anointed and washed, the Levites sprinkled. The priests were given new garments, the Levites washed theirs. Blood was applied to the priest, it was waved over the Levites. During this dedication of the Levites, a sacrifice was made followed by a wave offering. And during this time, the people would have laid their hands on the Levites and prayed, again, serving as the dedication of the Levites to God. And along with their dedication, this dedication service, instructions are also given for the retirement. What we learn here is the Levites would start serving at 25 and then would retire at 50. But this is, again, everything has great order in God's uh, kingdom, right? Even this distinction of the priests and the Levites, but the the importance of these processes and um, these ceremonies. The second Passover, chapter 9 recounts this celebration. The first, if you remember, was when the people left Egypt. That was the first Passover. So here we're coming to the second Passover, and it's here in the wilderness. Now, again, remember the Passover reminded Israel of when God passed over his people when Egypt's firstborn were judged in the last plague upon Egypt. We learned that when we looked at feast last week. Now, rather than an elaboration of the ceremony itself, the text addresses the matter of unclean people and foreigners and what was their participation in the event. God tells Moses that those who are considered unclean at Passover and those who were far away on a journey could still keep the feast, but they must do it one month later. This allowed for the Passover to be possible for those people, yet it respected God's holiness and the principles of ritual purity. Now, in regard to strangers who were living among the people, they were commanded to participate in the Passover as well. And what we see here is that anyone who commanded, whether they were a stranger or they were a, you know, a person of um, part of God's people, or maybe they were unclean at the time, but they are told to do a month later, whatever the case is, if you did not celebrate if you did not observe the Passover, you were to be cut off from the people. And now the chapter closes with the cloud covering over the tabernacle, which we have looked at before that, you know, God would send his cloud over the tabernacle and when it would lift and move, the people were to move. And we're going to see that in a moment. But we see here the phrase, it's a theme. Remember when there's a recurring word or phrase, pay attention, the phrase at the command of the Lord at the command of the Lord is used seven times in the ESV. Intention clearly is closely paid to the obedience required of the people to what God was doing, to attend to what God was doing and instructing the, you know, so when the God commands them to move, they move. And when God commands them to settle, they settle like at God's command. And that's really important because now we're stepping into chapter 10 and here is where we finally see the people on the move. But first, God commands that two silver trumpets be made. The two silver trumpets were used to direct the movement of the camps for marching and for battle and to gather the nation together for an assembly. Simply put, they would be essential tools for their assembly and movement as a nation. And so they're going to need this as they set out. 
And so much instruction is given here on how to use those trumpets. Then, starting in verse 11, the cloud lifts over the tabernacle, and the people set out in stages from the wilderness of Sinai, moving until the cloud settled in the wilderness of Paran. Now, just reading this, I get excited. Can you imagine their excitement here? Right, Leaving Egypt was a huge ordeal. It was an uprooting. It may have been exciting, but it was also fearful. And so that, that movement out was something very different from what's happening here. And then they settle at Sinai for over a year where God is downloading really a new way of life for his people. And so they're sitting there for over a year. They're not just sitting around, but you know, there's this waiting, this anticipation. And finally, after all this preparation, it was time to move forward. And they did so in the new order that God had commanded them, not as mass chaos, not a big ball moving out like they did out of Egypt. But remember, God assembled them by tribes and had order for how they were to move out. And before we close, the text then jumps back slightly in verse 29, when Moses pleads with his brother-in-law to come with the people as a guide. His name is Hobab. Now, they didn't need directions, right? God was the one who was moving. God was directing. But Hobab had this knowledge and experience of the land that would have been helpful in finding water, potential food, fuel, and other things in the places where the Lord was taking them to. And so Moses sees the value of Hobab and asks him to come. Now, Hobab initially declines, but Moses appeals to him to get him. He's not taking no for an answer because he knows how important it would be to have Hobab and what his own restrictions and limitations are. Now, it doesn't say exactly here if Hobab went, although verse 33 opens with the word so, and that word so is a connecting word, and it's connecting that the people set out on the journey, it's connecting it to the request that Moses made. Also, one commentator also notes, in the book of Judges, we find traces of the presence of Hobab's descendants as incorporated among the people of Israel. One of them came to be somebody, the Jael who struck the tent peg through the temples of the sleeping Sisera, for she is called the wife of Hebar the Kenite. Probably then, in some sense, Hobab must have become a worshiper of Jehovah and have cast in his lot with his brother-in-law and his people. Now that's where we end today. The people have left. They have settled in Paran and things are going to shift tomorrow. Remember, we talked about in our description of numbers that the first 10 chapters, we see obedience. Things are going to shift in chapter 11. And that's where we will pick up tomorrow. Hey friends, thank you so much for listening to Wonder by the Word. We are so grateful that you are here and I really pray that this episode left you with nuggets of wisdom, that you learned something new, maybe it challenged you, but ultimately that it encouraged you and inspired you to dive even deeper into the richness of scripture. If the Ministry of Truth and Grace or Wonder by the Word, the reading plan, the episode, all the resources have impacted you in any way, would you please mind leaving a review, um, sharing this podcast with your friends, all of those little 
pieces of sharing and encouragement from your part go a long way to help the podcast get into further hands around the world so people can dive into scripture, engage with scripture on a more regular basis. You can also find us on Patreon, which would be a huge benefit to the ministry. And we just thank you so much for being a supporter. We'll see you next time.